Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand praise. He's worthy of our praise on today. He is worthy of all our praise on today. Songwriter said, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Amen, amen. We thank God for all of you being in the house on today. Thank God for our dear sister, Minister Bess, being in the house on today as well. Um, thank God for our New Orleans family. We thank you all for coming this way to help us celebrate the 60th birthday of my wife, uh, indeed, we had a time last night, and uh, I think all of us got sleep but her. She shared with me this morning how she was going back in her mind trying to put it all together to see if there were some clues that maybe she missed, and, and I just kind of smiled because I understood, as I said last night, my part was not to say anything. Because I, I know if I said anything, she would probably get some clues. So I didn't say anything. I just act just like it was nothing going on. So we, we, we really surprised her, y'all. So thank you, everyone, for, for, for all of that. So we, we, we thank God for you, and we celebrate you again on today, uh, your 60th birthday party. Our prayers that God will continue to bless you to see and celebrate many more. I'm happy to be on this journey with you during this season of our life. And I know that God has greater in store for, for you, and he has greater in store for all of us. I want to say again, thank you to all of our visitors, uh, friends. Um, so, um, Ms. Bradford, is that your first time here in Keysing? You're here all the time. No big deal. No big deal. Okay, okay, that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know if you, if you thought she did good. All right, all right. Well, well we thank God for, for you being in the house again on today with us as well, and we thank God for her. Truly, she has a beautiful voice, and, and it's just amazing to see how uh, God is using her, her, her voice to make a difference. Uh, when our praise team uh, came together, we had a few voices, Sister Carrie, Sister Lulu, uh, they sing. They sung quartet singing, sung in the choir and what have you. And uh, then we had key. And then there were times where we thought maybe we only had key. Um, and then we had others who came along. They said, I don't sing, but I'm willing to give it a try. And so we have a praise team. Uh, we first, we had a willing heart and a willing mind. Uh, and, and so we have a praise team. So I thank God for all of them lending their voices, Sister Lulu, Sister Carrie. We thank God for you all as well. Simone and Swayla, we thank God for you all. And, and it's one thing that, that, that I want to tell you that a lot of times people who may not lead a song doesn't mean they can't sing. Because a lot of times if you, if you pay attention, some of the folks that came out later, they were discovered later on when they go back and you trace, trace their history, they were background singers at one point in time. And so sometimes all we need is a word of encouragement. We need a little confidence and a little power from above, and then we can go forth. Amen? 
Amen. All right, so we got a lot going on today. As they talked about earlier, we have Soul Food Sunday on today, and, and so I know some of you are probably going to be watching the clock to see how much longer you have before it's time to eat. But I, I'm going to share a word uh, from the Lord with you on today. Pastor Todd, we're going to do our communion at the end of service. So uh, we'll be prepared for that. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, and I'm going to give you our scripture uh, where we're going to get our text from on today. And then we're going to see where the spirit takes us. So I'm going to read the verse and then we're going to pray and then we're going to get on with the message. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. I want to read that verse. It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. One translation says, another one says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Gracious Father, it is again today that we come giving thanks unto thee for thy many blessings. Father, we ask that you would look down upon us, look beyond our faults, and see our needs. Father, we pray right now that we would decrease and that you would increase. Father, we pray that you will speak to our hearts and in our minds, O oh God, and we'll be open to hear what the Spirit is saying to us on this day. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you all the glory, for it all belongs to you, O oh Father. We take no credit for anything, O oh God. We give it all back to you. Father, we just pray, God, that you be magnified during this time, during this season. Father God, we pray that you will look upon the hearts of the men and women that are gathered together in this place on today. Father, you know what we have need of even before we ask. Father, you know what's going on in our lives. You know what's on our mind even at the present time. But, Father, I pray right now that we would just make room for you, O oh God, and allow you to speak to us on this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we ask these things. Amen. Amen. All right. So today from our text, we would like to use this is Heart Awareness Month, and we thank everyone for wearing red and I would like to speak to you uh, briefly just on the subject, what's in your heart? What in your heart? What is in your heart? As I was thinking about that in, in my study, this slogan came across my mind and I wrote it down because I wanted to share something with you that you've heard it many, many times and you maybe never given it any thought, but I gave it some thought. And the slogan comes from Capital One. Anybody got a Capital One card in the house? The slogan says, what's in your wallet? But today we're going to talk about what's in your heart. So as I was thinking uh, about the slogan, what's in your wallet, I, I had to first look at a wallet. What is a wallet used for? It's used to hold money, credit cards, pictures. The stuff in our wallet represents financial security, purchase power, and prosperity. It is also a clever way of planning doubt. Get this. This is the part you, don't, you probably don't catch. It is also a clever way of planting doubt in our minds about whether or not we have the right stuff to get the satisfaction that we're looking for in our lives. It prompts us to wonder if we're getting all that we deserve. If there's more out there, then we want to get it. 
we want to question, is there more out there that we don't have yet? Do we have what it takes to be successful? The intent of the advertising campaign is to make us think that only a particular card will satisfy and secure our significance. If we don't feel secure about having the right thing, get this, in our wallet, maybe we need to reevaluate its contents. Today, may I suggest to you that we reevaluate what's in our hearts. What does the scripture say about the heart? I just read Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. When you think of the human heart from a physical perspective, the heart is the central to life. Your entire life is a byproduct of a beating heart. And we heard from Dr. Pooh the necessary things we need to do in order to keep our physical heart beating properly. One of the ways that we check to see if a person is alive is that we check their pulse to see if there is proof of a beating heart. Or if there is evidence of life, that is, to put it in another way, when the heart goes, you go. When the heart stops, you stop. Ironically, there are some similarities between the physical and the spiritual heart. As the physical heart is the central of life, the spiritual heart is the central of every aspect of our life. When the Bible speaks about the heart, it's really referring to the mind, the will, and the emotions. Every choice that you and I make, every decision that you and I make, everything that we do flows out of the issues of what is in our heart. Question today is, what's in your heart? The Bible says, above all things, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects what's in the heart. Proverbs 27, 19. A good person produces good things from the treasures of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasures of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Luke 6.45 tells us, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Question is, today, what's in your heart? As you can see, the heart is the central to everything you and I do. More importantly, it is a true reflection of what's on the inside. It is a true reflection of who you are. Since the heart reflects of what's on the inside of you, if you don't like what you see on the outside, then you must recognize that there is a problem. There is a problem on the inside. When you change, uh, when you change the heart, guess what? You change the person. But can I tell you something true today? Only God can change the heart of man. The question is, the human heart evil, someone asks. To answer this question, we're going to see what the Bible has to say. The human heart is most deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who knows how really bad it is? Jeremiah 17 and 9 tells us this. Here's a truth. A lot of people don't necessarily want to acknowledge that the heart of men is evil. Many people like to champion the human heart and will even assume that most people have a good heart. However, the Bible tells us different. One thing that I want to point out to you today as we talk about the human heart, that is the first step 
to recovery is to admit that there is a problem. Anybody willing to testify today that in, in, in order for me to get help, to get deliverance from the bad habit that I picked up, from the can't habits that I have in my life, I first had to admit that there is a problem. Many times, many times, those of us who've been married or those of us in relationships know that there are times when problems arise. And the only way that we can recover, the only way that we can get help, we have to first admit that there is a problem. I want to test to you today, the only way that we can be healed, delivered, and set free, we must admit that there is a problem. We must admit that out of all the good that I think I can do, out of all as good as I think I am, there is nothing good in me according to the Word of God. The Word of God says that all of us are guilty of sin. The Bible says all all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It makes no difference what your bloodline is. It makes no difference how much money in your pocket. It makes no difference if you have the Capital One card today. But if you have something that's going on on the inside of you that's not right with God, there is a problem. The first step, we have to understand, to recognize, and admit we have a problem. We have to agree with what the psalmist said in Psalm 51 and 5. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful at birth, that is, from the time my mother carried me, from the time my mother conceived me, I was born. I was created in sin. That is how we all entered into the world. We were conceived in sin. Not because my mama and daddy wasn't married, but because we were all born unto sin because of the fall, because of the sinful nature, you and I, we were shaped, our hearts were shaped, and all of us are guilty of that, all of us, because we all came the same way. What we say, what we think, and what we do, it comes from the sinful nature of our heart. It comes from the sinful nature of our heart, which is our flesh. Only God, absolute scale, no one is good enough. Only through uniting with Christ, perfect life, you and I can become good in God's sight. There is no good in me. There is no good in you. It's only when our hearts and our mind has been transformed by the power of God that you and I can be set free. We have to understand that without that, you and I, we would remain deceitful and desperately wicked. Our heart would remain that way. There are some verses when we look at the Bible that gives us a full illustration of what it means about the heart. When we look at uh, uh, the goal that, that, that we give to ourselves, to look at things from the right perspective, to look at things from the way that God looks at them, we understand that our heart are wicked. I want you to see that our heart, it, it refers to, remember, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Bible verse, Genesis 6 and 5 says, The Lord looked and saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Evil thoughts are entertained in our hearts. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. It says murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slanderers. These are all what defiles a person. Matthew 15, 19, and 20. 
I want to tell you today that if you want healing, if you want deliverance, you got to be willing to admit that I have a problem. As you sit there today, I want you to think about what is my problem? What is the condition of my heart? What is the condition of my heart? Is there something in my life that's not right with God? Is there something in my life that is in my heart that's not pleasing to God? You've got to first be willing to admit that there is a problem if you want healing. If you want the deliverance, you've got to be willing to admit that there is a problem. If you want to be set free today, you have to be willing to admit that there is a problem. I'm going to tell you today, we all have a problem. It's a sin problem. It's a problem of the flesh. It's a problem of the flesh. Is there anybody out there today that's sitting there, that's saying within yourself, one of the things that I have in my heart, one of the problems that I have in my heart is that I've been hurt. Is there anybody out there willing to be testified that one of the problems that I have in my heart is that I've been lied on? Is there anybody willing to testify that, it, that I have been used, I have been abused, I have been cast aside? That is a problem that I carry in my heart. Is there anybody willing to testify that I have some bitterness in my heart because of all these things? I have some hatred in my heart because of what they did to me. I have some hatred in my heart because of how they treated me. I have some hatred, some bitterness in my heart because of what they did to me. And if anybody would testify and tell the truth, you would have to say, I have some malice in my heart. That means I have some ill will toward him or toward her because of what they did to me. I have some ill will toward him because of what he did to me. I have some ill will toward them because of what they said about me. If anybody would testify and say, Lord, there was a time in my life, I didn't speak it, but I thought it. I wish that they would die because of the things that they did to me. And Lord, I'm carrying around that in my heart today because I want you to take them out. I want you to do to them what they did to me. I want you to make them feel bad because I feel bad. Anybody willing to testify, that's what I'm carrying around in my heart. Anybody willing to testify because of how they did me on my job. Lord, I hate them. Lord, I wish ill will toward them because of how they did me. Lord, because they talked about me. Lord, because they scandalized my name. Lord, because they called me every Everything but a child of God. I'm carrying that in my heart. Anybody willing to testify? Anybody willing to testify? I'm carrying these things in my heart. And one thing I want you to tell you, out of your heart flows the issues of life. And see what God wants you to do today, he wants you to be set free. When I look at Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4 was Solomon talking to his son. And so as I was reading that and meditating on that, I thought about myself. And I thought about if I could go back. Y'all listen to me. If I could go back and if I could talk to the younger version of me, I would sit down and I would talk to him. And I would tell him, son, what I'm about to tell you, I want you to pay close attention. 
because what I'm about to tell you, it will affect you for the rest of your life. What I'm about to tell you, son, you got to be careful about the things that you listen to. You got to be careful about the things that you entertain. You got to be careful about the people that you associate with. You got to be careful about the things that you look at. My son, above all things, you got to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. My son, if I could talk to the young version of me, my son, I would tell you from a child, I have taught you the ways of God. I have told you the things that please God. My son, I want to warn you that there will come a time where the enemy will come and try to tempt you. He will try to tempt you with this and that. But my son, what I need you to do is pay attention to the words that I'm telling you on today. My son, you got to guard your heart above all things. My son, you cannot expose yourself to this and that. My son, there are some things that you cannot do. My son, there are some places that you cannot go. My son, there are some things that you cannot say. My son, there are some things that you cannot participate in. My son, there are some things that you should not listen to. My son, you got to guard your heart above all things. My son, there's going to come a time, my son, when you're going to entertain the looks of the opposite sex. My son, what I want you to know, if you're not careful, the enemy will send one that looks good, one that's built 26, 34, 26. My son, the, the enemy will send one that looks perfect, has the perfect look, that has the perfect body. My son, to entice you to look to the left, entice you to look to the right. But my son, if I could talk to him, if I could go back and I could talk to him, I would tell him, my son, what I'm telling you today, I want you to stay on the straight and narrow path. I want you to look to the hills, my son, from which cometh your help, knowing that your help cometh from the Lord. My son, above all things, I want you to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. My son, if I could go back and tell him, my son, I want you to stay in my perfect will. My son, what I want you to understand, I will always be with you. There may be a time when you go through your life, you may feel all alone, but my son, it's then that I want you to remember the words that I said to you. Above all things, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. If I could go back and talk to the young version of me, I would tell him, I would tell him to keep your heart, to keep your mind stayed on me. Keep your heart and keep your mind stayed on me. If I could go back and talk to the young virgin of me, I would tell him, son, when you're going through, when you're going through the valley, know this, the pain is part of the process. The pain is part of the process. The pain is part of the process. The pain is part of the preparations. The preparations is for promotions. Did you get that? The pain is part of the process. The pain is part of the preparations to get you ready for promotion. It's getting you ready for promotions. But in order for you, in order for you to be promoted, there are some things that you got to do. You got to let go of some things. Anybody testify? When I was on the job and I was just a laborer and the boss came to me and he told me he wanted to promote me. Now the job that I was doing at that time, 
when I received my promotion meant that I was going to have to leave that behind. And see, some of us, we want promotion, but we want to bring all that stuff with us. But what God wants you to know today is that he wants you free. And the Bible said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. A lot of times we quote it, but we don't get it. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Now then, if I'm carrying around a heavy load, and many of us are carrying around a heavy load in our hearts, that is, in our mind, in our will, in our emotion, because of the sins of the past, because of the hurt of the past, because of the disappointment of the past. But God wants to do something new in you today. He wants to do something new in your life today. But the only way that he can do that, you got to let go of something stuff. Now then, there's no one in this room that's in a relationship would be okay sharing you with someone else if it is something wrong with them. Where God is a jealous God, he will have no other God before him. Your hatred, your envy, your strife, your malice, none of that can be before him. God wants to be the only one. So in order for you to be free, to be in right position, for God to bless you the way he wants to bless you, you have to be willing to let go of the past. You got to be willing to let go of the hurt. Yes, they did. The disappointment. Yes, they did. They walked away. Yes, they did. The marriage failed. Yes, it did. But God has better. In order for you to walk into your newness, you got to be willing to let it all go. Talking about what I know. You got to be willing to let it all go. The Bible says to pray for our enemies. Not only did it say that, but it said we are to love our enemies. It says we are to pray for them who despitefully use us. These things we're carrying around in our hearts that person was against me. They fought against me on every hand. Don't you know that was part of the process? It was necessary in order for you to get your promotion. You had to go through in order to get your promotion. There seemed like there were times you were putting in overtime, praying, seeking, fasting, asking God for a particular thing. It seemed like you were working overtime and you were going unnoticed. But then there came a day when you were called into the office mm -hmm, where you came face to face with the master. And then he began to explain the things that you went through, the reason why he didn't act, the reason why he didn't pull you out at that time was because he was taking you through a process. He was preparing you for promotion. He was preparing you for what's ahead. So I want you to know today in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the storm, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is allowing you to go through because he wants to bless you. God wants you to know today there are some things you got to let go. He says, put away from you deceitful mouth. Lying. Then he says, put perverse lips far from you. Perverse lips, you know, when we, we get mad and when we were out in the world and they, they got on that last nerve. And, and, and you said if they just did one more thing, if they just said one more thing. Y'all remember back in the day when they would say, we going to. 
if they do this, I'm going to put my religion aside. And then I'm going to bless them out. But it wasn't blessings that came out of your mouth. We got to put that away, y'all. We got to put it away. He said, then we got to, he said, let your eyes look straight ahead. Anybody willing to testify that my eyes have gotten me in trouble? I looked at the fruit and it looked good. It looked good to the eyes. But I didn't stop there. I went and I got a taste. And the taste, it seemed sweet when it, when it first hit my lips. But then after it got down, it turned bitter. Anybody willing to testify that, that my eyes got me in trouble? He says, but we are to keep our eyes looking right before. And so when I look, my, look keep my eyes looking right before, I'm looking to the master. I'm looking, as David said, to the hills from which cometh my help. Yes, I'm going through. Yes, I feel like I'm all alone. Yes, I feel like giving up, but I'm going to continue to look up. I'm going to continue to look up from which my help comes. Lord, I'm going to continue to look up to you. Yes, Lord, I'm tired. Sometimes I get lonely going through. Lord, I wish that there was somebody, somebody that would understand my pain, somebody that I could just reach out and touch and know, Lord God, that I'm not alone, but he he says, I never leave you nor forsake you. Every now and then, y'all, when you want to feel the presence of God, you got to be willing to let everything else go. Shake it all off and get into the presence of God. Sometimes, sometimes, y'all, you got to get all by yourself where it's just you and God. And then open up your mouth, open up your heart, and pour out to him and tell him how you feel. He already knows how you feel, but he's waiting for you to admit that you got a problem. And it's then when you admit that you got a problem, he can come in and he can heal. The healing process will only start when we admit that we have a problem. When we admit that there are some things going on that I can't change. There are some things in my life that I need deliverance from. There are some things in my life that I need help with because I can't do it on my own. I've tried to do it on my own and it never worked out. I tried to do it the way that they said do it and it didn't work for me. But then when I turn and I look to what the word of God said, I understood then. I understood then what God was trying to do. He was trying to get my attention. Say, I didn't create you to carry that. I didn't create you to carry that baggage. Hatred. Anger. There are many people walking around angry and don't even know why they're angry. Simply because there are some things happened way back when in their life. We live in a fallen world, y'all. No one's perfect. No one never will be. But we got to let it go. We got to be willing to let it go so that we can be free. Y'all want to be free today? Let's give God hand praise.